0: Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. As we've been studying through the book of 1 Peter, we have learned that we are aliens. We are temporary residents in a country that is a temporary country on our way to the permanent country. And that permanent country, for those of us who are Christ followers, is none other than heaven itself. The apostle Peter was writing to a group of people who were indeed aliens in two senses of the word. They were aliens politically, uh, out of their regular country, living among people in a strange country, and they were aliens as we are, as Christ followers, away from their home country of heaven. The Apostle Peter was writing to them because he knew that they were suffering. And suffering is one of those themes that's woven through this book of 1 Peter. It keeps coming up again and again because these people were experiencing it and it was escalating. Peter was writing to them, telling them how to live under the circumstances they found themselves well, we come today to 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 19. And verse 12 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. And so, right away, Peter says, Don't be surprised. Don't be caught off guard. Uh, I assume that Peter was remembering some things that he heard from his Savior the night before he died. For example, in John chapter 15, verses 18 and 19, we we find these words. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you you. Those were the words of Jesus. He said, you're really not a part of this world. If you were part of this world system, they would love you. They would accept you. You'd be a part of the crowd. But you, because I've chosen you and you're following me, you're not of the world and the world hates you. Uh, In chapter 16 of John, verse verse number 33, uh, Jesus said to them, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you have peace. You may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. And I would think that Peter, those words stuck with Peter, and that he would be thinking back to those words uh, as he writes this passage under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Again, he said to them, don't be surprised. Uh, Don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you. Uh, don't don't get caught off guard this as if it's some strange thing happening to you it's not a strange thing it's something that God in his sovereignty has allowed. There's a verse that's fairly well known in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says, and God causes all things to work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And that the called ones, of course, are the true Christ followers. He causes all things to work together for good. And so whether whether it's uh, suffering, whether it's temptation, whether it's sin and failure, uh, whether it's victory, uh, whatever comes into the life of a of a christ follower god allows that god in his sovereignty and in his providence is working in that and he's working in that to make us more like his son the lord jesus christ it is an act of benevolence it is an act of grace uh of kindness that god is is allowing these things and so peter said don't be surprised by this testing and then he goes on throughout this passage, up through 19, verse 19, to give us uh, some ways that God is working through testing. He's reminding these believers. And right here in verse 12, he says, uh, which comes upon you for your testing. That word testing there, te- uh, test, we think about it in in uh, one primary way, but there's actually a couple ways to look at testing. Uh, the primary way that we would tend to look at testing is uh, when we take a test uh, to uh, prove our knowledge, what we know, uh, an exam in school somewhere, uh, we, we think about testing in that way. But there's another kind of testing. That's when something is put through a uh, rigorous uh, uh, fire or experience to, to test its authenticity, to test its, uh, its value. Gold, for example, is put in the fire. And through the fire, gold comes out purified, and it stands the test. It's tested and proven. And that's the idea here. Uh, You're going through the fire, this fiery ordeal, this testing, and this testing proves your and our authenticity. And, 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 And out of it, we come out better. Verse 13 says this, But to the, degree, to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of His glory you may rejoice with exaltation. And so, uh, Peter is basically saying this. He's saying that this suffering sets us up for future super joy, giving us reason for current joy. Because he says, uh, you keep on rejoicing. Right now, rejoice because at the revelation of his glory, at his second coming, we may rejoice with exaltation. Super joy. Rejoice with exaltation. And so uh, what it's doing is it's saying, look... Don't just focus on the here and now. Don't just focus on the circumstances that you find yourself under. But understand that this suffering, this suffering is your suffering for Jesus. And at his coming, there will be great rejoicing, rejoicing with exaltation uh, because you were able to stand the test and you were able to suffer for Jesus. And so that ought to bring you joy right now. Keep on rejoicing. And so what a good word that uh, Peter is, is giving them there in that in that verse. So I know that it's it's no fun suffering, and whether' you're, you're suffering right now for the cause of Christ or or as a believer, you're going through physical suffering, emotional suffering, you're suffering from a broken relationship, Whatever that suffering is. Understand that it didn't catch God off guard, it didn't catch him by surprise. Everything that comes into your life, a sovereign God who cares about you and wants the best for you, allows that to come into your life, and He uses that in our lives for our good and for for His glory so we can rejoice in the long view. The long view is Jesus is coming, we're going to be with Jesus, and we're going to rejoice and, and all of this that we're going through will seem like nothing when we're in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, verse 14 says, says this, If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. So he says, here's something else that God does in surf, suffering. God highlights the blessing of the glorious presence of the Holy Spirit in us. You know, when Jesus uh, was talking to his disciples there on the night before he died, he was uh, giving them comfort, and he was giving them some comforting words. And in John chapter 14, verse 26, he says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send to my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. And so Jesus promised a helper, uh, and, and literally a helper of the same kind. In other words, the, the Holy Spirit, who is God, when Jesus goes away, the Holy Spirit will come, and He will live not only with you, but He will live in you. You will experience His glorious presence in you, and He will be your teacher And John 15, verses 26 and 27 further say that he will testify of Jesus. When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me and you will testify also because you have been with me from the beginning. And so here Jesus is telling them that you're going to receive this Spirit and he is going to testify about me. He's going to reveal me to you and aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit reveals Christ to us and and then as as he testifies about Jesus to you you you're gonna testify about Jesus to others and so we have the Holy Spirit and I love John 14 verse 16 in John 14 verse 16 he says this I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever aren't you glad of that We have the Holy Spirit, and we have the Holy Spirit forever. Uh, Not for a little while, but forever. And then here's a fourth thing in verses 15 to 18. Let's read those verses. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in, in, in this name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God or the church. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? And so here, um, the Apostle Peter is saying that suffering uh, helps to purify Christ's church. Judgment. "...must begin at the house of God." And, and and he is saying here, any suffering that we go through should be for Christ, not for our own wrongdoing. Make sure that you're not suffering as a murderer or a thief or evildoer or troublesome meddler. But don't, don't be suffering for your wrongdoing, but if you suffer, make sure it's suffering for Christ. And then he says, judgment has to begin at the house of God. Judgment, in this case, it's, it's not condemnation because Paul told us in Romans 8 there's no condemnation that the, to those that are in Christ Jesus. Rather, this judgment is true discipline. It is chastisement. It is bringing the church to uh, grieve over their sin and, and their straying from God and to bring them to true repentance, a purification of the church. And suffering can do that. And, and one of the things when you're living in a country like we live in where there is little Suffering. There is a lot of mess mixed in with the church. And so, God help us. But this contrasts with future judgment and condemnation for unbelievers. So, God help them. And then there's a fifth thing in verse 19. Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful Creator in doing what is right. Number five, it makes us aware of who is keeping us. We entrust, we deposit for safekeeping our souls, our very beings, to the, to the will of God, to the faithful creator, to the one who made us and who is able to keep us. And so as we suffer, we realize who is keeping us and who is bringing us eventually to him. And that the Satan can destroy the body if God allows it, but Satan cannot destroy the soul. Satan cannot break our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It is permanent forever. And our faithful creator is keeping us and he's keeping us safe even through all kinds of suffering. Well, with that, uh, we've run out of time today. I hope that you have been encouraged by these words from the Word of God. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.